Hello everyone, I'm Mark, the chief writer here at Maltopia, and I just wanted to remind you the sleep-wake cycle is but one of a series of interconnected horror podcasts within the wide and weird world of Maltopia. For Easter eggs, crossover events, and additional lore, please check out our other series, The Shepherd of Wolves, Red Mother, Grimland, and The Damnation Machine. And be sure to check out our free content on our Patreon page for additional lore and stories. For even more Maltopia content, consider becoming a patron. Starting for as little as $2 a month, benefits range from additional art, update videos, early episode access, our mini-podcast series, October's Children, both written and full audio pieces, such as The Lost Library, Tales of Maltopia, and The Weird Book. You can also gain access to our found footage show, The Weird Tape Series, and even our Patreon-exclusive, fully-produced audio series, Devil's Clay. So, with all that said, I will leave you to the darkness. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. Rusty Quill presents.
The trip to Three Mile Harbor was a blur, despite the hours it took to complete. Isaiah and I talked mostly of trivial things, almost out of necessity. The immensity of it all was taking a toll, and both of us without our meds, no less. The thought of a new darkness was just too much to ponder, even more so when I considered that we might have a hand in whatever the outcome. And as if that weren't bad enough, we had to confront the growing menace of our swelling, if ultimately rotten, family tree. At least I found a place along the way that sold cigarettes. <laughs> so there was that. We passed through several towns and forests, all of them bearing the now omnipresent threat of post-noctum out-of-the-way places and all of them mysteries piled upon mystery. Till the very moment we arrived at the outskirts of our destination, those mysteries were largely an insinuated menace, an implicit assurance of horrible things. Yet, the snaking towers of Three Mile Harbor were a confirmation of the perversions merely hinted at along our route. I suppose it might have been fascinating, the continuous and unapologetic strangeness of the bygone Great Darkness, that as a dispassionate scientist type, I should have immediately started observing the tower's most conspicuous features, comparing them to other formations of post-noctum constructions. But that wasn't where my head was at. All I could see was danger and madness, the monstrous forces that strolled through the small city, leaving aberrations of mind and matter in their wake. I saw us falling farther down another rabbit hole, disappearing into the darkness of another assignment. How many times could we come out of that darkness intact? How much of ourselves had we already sacrificed to it? What was even left of us? Whatever the case, I forced myself to focus. Entering the city via a vanishing semblance of a road, I could see that the soaring structures were made from some dark stone, and that they weren't towers at all their organic curvature revealing them for massive, stretching fingers, their relative distance from each other, and how they seemed to arc out from the same point, a point obscured by the lines of small, dilapidated houses littering the landscape, made it appear as if they might be attached to the same hand, albeit a hand with an uncustomary ten digits. Each finger towered over the surrounding buildings, all slightly tensed, as if about to close their collective grip around something just above them, suspended within the sky. Huh. I think that qualifies as a, uh, Megascurum, don't you think? Could be. I wonder if any Relic team hasn't recorded it yet. <laughs> that is, if they're even bothering to keep track of the things anymore. I doubt it. From what Gan said, I'm guessing that the Esoterium's priorities have probably shifted in a new direction. Speaking of which, I have to assume we'll be giving another debriefing sooner rather than later. Yeah, so you still solid on not telling them what we learned from Sugar, and the stuff I saw from my little impromptu sleep read back at the colony? Rock solid. If we know who this, uh, Isaiah guy is, chances are about, I don't know, <laughs> probably a thousand percent the higher-ups do too. If they wanted us to know any more about the guy, They'd have told us back in Hollowick. 
No, it's, uh, it's always best to play dumb whenever feasible. Besides, if there's a compromised esoteric out there, and they suspect we're getting fed information, or that your sleep reads are a little too on the nose, they'll likely put the word out on us. We just tell them what we saw in Lucifer's oven, and that we barely squeaked out of the whole thing in one piece. And that's it. I'm just worried that by holding back we risk them operating without all the facts. This is a second great darkness we're talking about. Trust me, they know. And then some. All we need to tell them is what we saw, and that the Scream Eaters attacked us. And on that score, do we tell them how entrenched the bastards are? That they control the entire city? I mean, if we weren't supposed to know that, you taking a shot at the head honcho and Gand practically spelling out what he knew to botch his face puts us in a pretty tight spot. We tell him it was Gan's show and that we were just following orders. Anything else would be conjecture on our part. Anyway, I'm pretty sure Gan sounded them out on the whole thing before shit went sideways. I just hope what he shared hasn't already put us on the radar. Cresting a hill, we saw a massive freighter parked at the docks. Looming out of the thin fog haunting the shoreline, the gray sky almost absorbing the drab giant into the encompassing gloom. Looks like our ride. <laughs> and a sweet one at that. Thing looks like it'd be lucky to make it halfway across the ocean without sinking. I don't know. I've seen worse docked at Victoria's Harbor. She looks sturdy enough to me. <laughs> Says the woman who can fly. we traveled to the other side of the city before finally locating the Songstress Hotel. And through it all, we'd seen exactly no one, which, given the sad shape of the city, was hardly surprising. <laughs> but I was a new Victoria girl, and compared to the city that always sleeps, the place was a regular boom town. Christ, the hotel's in worse shape than the ship. And here I thought being a wreck agent would move us up in the world. Place is abandoned from the look of it. No doubt just more bullshit theatrics on behalf of our esteemed benefactors. I hope they left us some supplies at least, because I, for one, am goddamn famished. The inside of the place was worse than the outside, if that was even possible. Cobwebs like curtains hung from every corner and stretched fragile and trembling between nearly every object. Dunes of dust collected everywhere, the tracks of various pests impressed and crisscrossing all of them. Miraculously, there was power, as a collection of encrusted bulbs illuminated the place, <laughs> albeit dimly. <laughs> the Ritz, it isn't. But looky there. At least we were expected. Behind the reception desk, the clean silver of a single key tagged Room 23 glimmered where it hung from a dirty peg.
The chapters of our lives seem demarcated by climbing new stairs, opening new doors, and taking refuge in strange new rooms. A brief shelter before the onset of yet another storm and another brush with death. The start of this chapter was much less prestigious than the last, consisting of the external ruin of an abandoned town rather than the internal corruption of a polished and populated city. But the songstress wasn't entirely without her own corruption, as the nightmares she once housed still remained, haunting its halls as surely as ghosts, ghosts with hands that leapt from the deep earth, ten fingers apiece. While I was busy reading the ether, Isaiah was on the lookout. Looks like we're not alone in here. Over there. Footprints in the dust. Looks like cowboy boots. Well, no one said we'd be alone here. Maybe they belong to whoever else was invited on the pleasure cruise. Yeah, maybe. But I'd have preferred a nice big uncomfortable meet and greet to a game of guess who. Situations like this, I like to know who my neighbors are. What do you say after we get all settled in, we take in the sights? Maybe see the, uh, <laughs> big hand. I already knew what the gigantic hand represented, the horror it inspired within the former inhabitants, why they left the city. Nightmares tend to dramatize the facts, but a careful sleep reader can separate the wheat from the chaff, and this wheat was a particularly rotten crop. After that long drive, I could probably use a walk. <laughs> that is, if this room of ours doesn't require we spend all night chasing rats and sweeping out cobwebs. Well, here we are. Room 23. Moment of truth. Huh. It's clean. And well stocked. Jeez, there must be enough meds here to open a small clinic. It's a long way to Antarctica, and God knows how long we're going to be there, at this, uh, silentage. Yeah, the silentage. There's a coffee maker over there. Want me to make you a cup? Sure, that sounds good. Isaiah. Yeah? How long do you think we'll have to keep doing this? I mean, I've killed... I've killed people. I don't ever want to get used to that feeling. Uh... I don't... What the hell? Must be the neighbors. Feel like taking that walk? I don't think I'd ever been so happy to hear country music. It had just gotten me out of a huge jam. I had no idea what to tell Romy. We'd gone back and forth on the topic, leaning in this or that direction, swearing blind we'd finally got a beat on things. But thinking about the future, well, that was never my bag. I just went where they pointed me. But now that we were together again, it was hard to figure out the path forward. What was best for us. For her. Once I rounded the corner on the other side of the hall, I could see some kind of conference room. Lights on, double doors wide open. Creeping up to the edge, I stole a look inside. 
The room was half lit by an old lamp set in the front corner of the room. In the back, where the shadows were thickest, was a guy wearing a long duster, leaning back in a rickety wooden rocking chair, his right hand filled with a whiskey bottle, his left, a black pistol that barely stood out against the darkness. Well, howdy. Hello. You, uh, here for the luxury cruise, or... Show am. Well, since we're all here for the same reason, uh, maybe you can pocket the heater. Make you nervous, does it? I don't remember seeing any other cars when we came through. That's cause I don't park next to buildings I'm inside of. <laughs> Trick of the trade right there. But you do blare music loud enough to be heard a half a block away? Nope. That's just to draw me in. See, that there light grabs them, and here I am in the back, pistol drawn. But since we're here for the same reason, like you said, I can sling my piece. Well then, since we're all chums, my sister can sheath her blade then. Sister, huh? Yeah, she's right over there. Nodding towards the corner my shadow had blacked out when I entered the room, I stepped backward, the light revealing where Romy stood, Balic drawn, its blade nearly snaked completely behind the seated man, ready to strike. Howdy. <laughs> well, would you look at that? <laughs> After the tension wore off a bit, I got a better look at the uh, country music lover. He had long, scraggly hair, a downward scar running through his left eye, which was the color of runny eggs. I could also see the long gun leaning in the corner behind him, black as tar, just like his pistol. Romy and me grabbed some chairs from the bar in a small adjoining room, a bar that was fully stocked and sat down to converse with the gunslinger, or whatever he was, though I had a pretty good idea what he did for a living. Name's Shane. So what do I call you two? I'm Isaiah. She's Rosemary. Now that we're all acquainted, what exactly is it that you do, Shane? Huh. Straight to the point kind of feller, ain't ya? Well, Isaiah... There's gonna be some exopaths getting themselves brought along on a little trip. And, well, I've been called to keep an eye on them, seeing how I only got one good eye left. I also brought one of them in. You know what an exopath is, Isaiah? No. Why don't you tell me? Well, now ain't that something. Me having to tell you what an exopath is. <laughs> the infamous insomniac. All right, so they told you who I was. <laughs> so much for anonymity. But I wonder which one of them gave you that scar. You know, your body count reads like a who's who of the most feared exes. 
Kudos, by the way, on taking down Goins. The Salamander was quite the bad fella. But not as bad as you, I guess, huh? I didn't like where the conversation had gone. I could see Romy taking mental notes, and I didn't need any more of my skeletons let out of the closet. But thankfully, this uh, Shane decided to veer away from my history. You know, I'd wager I got myself stuck, uh, <laughs> stuck, with one even worse than Goins, the one who gave me this here scar. You heard of the family man, right? Yeah, thinks he's some kind of artist. Does people in all sorts of different ways, I hear. He was the one the local militia in Fort Eustis had cornered in some old Masonic temple. He killed the lot of them, then slipped away without a trace. One of his victims said he used weapons made from the bones of his family, hence the moniker. Yep, that's him all right. See, I managed to track him to the Black Pot Woods, dead of night. He just left some little town, a gunshy, I think it were called, where he turned a farmer into some weird-ass concoction. A concoction made out of the farmer and all the animals on the feller's farm. <laughs> Something to see, I'll tell you. I got a mile into them woods before things started to get real quiet-like. Like you ain't never heard quiet before. That and the night got even darker and thicker. It was like being tipped into the tar. Even with my there uh, night vision goggles and whatnot, I couldn't barely make out a thing. Well, that was just about the time I done realized I hadn't tracked him there at all. <laughs> but that he had led me there to kill me. He came out of the darkness like he owned it. Big as a brick shithouse. Hit like one, too. His first shot almost took my fool head off, coming at me all barehanded, thinking me for an easy fight, I guess. But I ain't no slump. See, I jerked my pistol all lickety-split-like, and my pistol's even less of a slump than me. <laughs> My round got him in the gut, and he took just one teensy weensy step back. I don't think the bastard even blinked. In all the years I've been plugging folks, I ain't never seen a gun get such a cold reception. Before I got off another round, he pulled blades meaner looking and old scratch himself. And he sure as shit knew how to use them too. He cut me up something fierce. Me firing all blind in the dark, hoping to get lucky. I tell you, he moved around in the black like he can see me plain as day. But it soon occurred to me that he weren't seeing me despite the dark, but because of it. When all was said and done, I was on my back, fucked up three ways till Sunday. He picked me up one-handed and set me up against a tree to get a better look at me, I figure. I could barely move, and my gun was behind him on the ground. 
After about a second or two, he put away his big old bowie knives, or whatever the fuck they were, all covered in bones and whatnot. Then he reached back and took out the biggest, nastiest axe you ever did see. This huge-ass skull perched on top, grinning like the devil. But I weren't ready to check out just yet. So just before he brought that there axe down, I sprung my spare pistol, tried to put one right between his eyes. Once he saw I was packing again, he shifted sideways, the shot grazing his temple, and his axe hissed through my left eye. I dove for my pistol, came up with it, but he was gone. Now I knew I'd just spent my last bit of luck, so I made for a hasty retreat. But just before I made it out of them there woods, I heard his voice in the darkness. As if the darkness itself were talking to me. I ain't never forgot what he said. My father took your eye, and you have taken my respect. It's not often my father misses his mark. Though his mark, his mark he has left upon you. In that sense, perhaps, you are his first work of art, an adjustment to reality for the better. And I am no destroyer of art. And that was that. And here I am, the only hunter to ever survive that big son of a bitch. Can't say I'ma do him the same favor when I catch up with him again. Hmm, looks like the gang's all here. Maybe 20 trucks, give or take, and one big armored one. They're all headed down towards the docks, probably gonna load up the freighter. Well, I guess that there's my cue then. I'd have mosey down there and see that my, uh, <laughs> guest doesn't fly the coop while he's being transferred. Been nice talking with y'all. <laughs> That's enough of that. Well, what do you think of him? Shane. I, uh, <laughs> think we better watch our backs. The Sleep-Wake Cycle is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Kelly Bear and Mark Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld and sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone. Be sure to check us out at www.maltopia.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. If you want unique art and animations of Maltopia's stories, visit our YouTube page or click on the link in the show notes. If you're a fan and want to help the show grow, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And for more exclusive content, such as additional lore, stories, and art, be sure to check out our Patreon at 
www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more.